the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids, but is destroying and damaging our culture. Based on faulty premises. How did this happen? And I just think it's, again, it's a part of the decline of all things that were once rather sacred, but we ha- we are having our young people absolutely indoctrinated in both public education and higher education. Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible and you might not see green for many years. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles, of course, at our website, but also on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at lifesitenews.com, at Olive Tree Views on WND.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out our school corruption and propaganda calendar. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Well, many of you know about the group, the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's hard to calculate how much damage this group has done in recent years as they moved away from monitoring racial bigotry and started tracking and mislabeling conservatives and Christians as supposedly hateful. And we at Mission America, and you probably know this if you listen to this show for any time, are among the undeserving victims of this libel and slander. But what can we do? It's a group that's worth millions. And how did they gain so much power and influence? How has this false labeling happened? And what's been its impact How could a group peddling lies make hundreds of millions of dollars in America without being called to account? Well, our guest today is going to lay it out for us. He's written a powerful, well-researched, detailed book about the topic. Tyler O'Neill is senior editor at PJ Media and a well-known commentator whose columns have appeared in the Daily Signal, the Christian Post, National Review, and elsewhere, and he's appeared on numerous talk shows, including Tucker Carlson and many others, and we are honored to have him today. Welcome to Mission America Radio, Tyler. Hey, glad to be here. So I am so glad to be uh, in possession of your book here, uh, because it really kind of details a lot of things that I 
that our Mission America we've gone through in the last um, decade or so. And uh, as you know, one of our we're one of the groups that have have been falsely branded since 2012 with a hate label um, landing on the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate watch list. And we're joined by large pro-family groups that I work with quite often, including Family Research Council, American Family Association, even folks like the pediatrician professional group. The American College of Pediatricians is on this list. So I'm so grateful for your research. And this book is called Making Hate Pay, the Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So tell us, first of all, um, what drew you to this topic, because you've written about this in articles before just this book, and um, tell us about the beginnings and the origin of the Southern Poverty Law Center. They didn't start out with this kind of an agenda. So tell us a little bit about how what drew you to all this. Yeah, thanks, Linda. Yeah, so I first became involved, uh, became aware of the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2013 when I interviewed the brave security guard who prevented the shooting at the Family Research Council from becoming the full terrorist attack that had been planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was this deranged man that came into the Family Research Council, you know, this Washington, D.C. nonprofit pro-family group. He came in with a semi-automatic pistol and a bag of Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches and uh, he told the FBI that his plan was to kill everyone in the building and smear a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich in their face. And he also told the FBI that he got the idea from the Southern Poverty Law Center's hate map and their hate group list, their, their slander of the Family Research Council by calling it a quote-unquote hate group. Uh, that he, he was sentenced, thank God, to 25 years in prison and the security guard prevented the attack from from killing the people that it was intended to kill. Um, but this this chilling attack really stood out in my mind. And then when uh, the charity rating platform GuideStar adopted the SPLC's hate group accusations on its website in 2017, that just you know that really riled me. And thank God they they moved they removed the labels uh, under threat of a lawsuit. But then later that year, you know, you had Charlottesville happen, and yes. the SPLC prepared itself. You know, almost almost for years they were ramping up with this fear mongering about uh, Confederate monuments. And when Charlottesville happened, they raked in the cash. You had. Apple CEO Tim Cook donating a million dollars and then pledging that his organization would raise another million dollars for the Southern Poverty Law Center. You had uh, uh, you had you had other groups. MGM uh, gave five hundred thousand uh, yeah thousand to the Southern Poverty Law Center, wow. and they just they got huge exposure. CNN just yes. posted mm-hmm. their hate map all over yes, the place. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I got and many so, referrals from that CNN <laughs> uh, hate map, you know, like, oh, are you are you one of these people? You know, yes, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, these things just really led me to wonder what's really going on with this organization. And you had 
uh, defamation lawsuits filed, uh, and it it really came to a head around Charlottesville. And then, of course, they settled one of the defamation lawsuits in 2018, and they fired their co-founder, Morris Dees, last year amid a racism and sexual harassment scandal. Right. Uh, so really ever since, you know, that GuideStar move, I've been, you know, constantly monitoring, seeing what's going on. You know, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and the second question you asked is, is a very important one. How did it get right. to this yeah, let's position. let's revisit that because they did not start out, uh, you know, Morris Dees, the founder, was a Southern boy born and bred. He did. He started out monitoring the Ku Klux Klan. And, you know, a lot of people were grateful for that. But then how did it derail from there? Oh, it's, it's actually even more noble than that. Uh, they founded the Southern Poverty Law Center to help poor people in the South. Mm-hmm. And Morris Dees and his colleagues were responsible for changing the redistricting policies that allowed the first black representatives to get elected in Alabama since mm-hmm. the days of Reconstruction. Wow. Uh, they got people who were innocent off of death row when they were falsely accused of things. And, you know, this is a very, very noble organization in its early years. And then Morris Dees decided, and, and Morris Dees is a fascinating character. He's very dedicated to justice, but he's also very, very liberal, and he also very much wants to make money. Ever <laughs> since he was a kid, he's been, he has this very entrepreneurial spirit, and that really stood out to me reading his biography. But I think what happens with the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, the bird's eye view, and we can get down into the details, is that this, he started this organization with a very noble mission and then he allowed political bias and the desire to make money to kind of morph it ever more into and, – and the desire for notoriety uh, to morph this organization into an attack dog. Yeah. And it wasn't originally meant to be attacking the KKK, but he took it in that direction. Right. And then his whole legal team quit when he took it in that direction. And then – you know, he, he continued down that path. And look, attacking the KKK is a, you know, it's a very good thing. They're a legitimate hate group. And when the SPLC talked about monitoring them as a hate group, well, that's, that's something Americans can get behind. Yes, but right. Then they decided to expand that and have ever more mainstream organizations that they called hate groups. And that was essentially equating them with the Ku Klux Klan. Right, exactly, exactly. That's what we get. That's what we get all the time is the idea that if if we're on the SPLC hate group list, we must be racist and we must be, you know, bigoted in so many other ways. And so, um, yeah, it's and it's a it's a brilliant strategy. It's it's uh, diabolical quite frankly, but it does make you money. Um, In case people are just joining us, we're uh, talking with Tyler O'Neill, who is senior editor of PJ Media, but has written a very fascinating, detailed book about the Southern Poverty Law Center and now how they are mislabeling Christians and conservatives. And the book is called Making Hate Pay the Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. And before we go any further, uh, Tyler, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to make sure how do people get hold of your book? Yes. Well, they can find it on Amazon.com, uh, which is a little bit ironic from some of the uh, 
the impact that the SPLC has had on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But Amazon is a you know wonderful company in general, and you know it allows people to access uh, resources like this. So if you go to Amazon.com, search "making hate pay," you can get it in uh, in paperback and on uh, Kindle version. Working on an audio book, um, but we have to. Uh, you know, it's, it's not ready yet. Yes. Okay. So, That's great. Those two. Okay. Right. So you were talking about how they moved into this. Now, what <clears throat> what I'm reading in your book is that they, Morris Dees was a big, uh, figured out direct mail marketing in, in the 70s. And he, I think you're right. He was I, basically one of the corrupting influences was he latched on to the way to make money on the Southern, you know, the, the whole history of desegregation and all that with Northern liberals. Basically, it was a con job, uh, kind of. It, would you agree with that? Oh, yes. Well, and it, it became more and more of a con job. But that was one of the main reasons why, when he took the SPLC and made it a weapon against the KKK, a lot of the SPLC staffers quit. And it wasn't that they didn't hate the KKK. It was that they thought Morris Tease was taking a noble organization that helps people and twisting it to attack uh, already marginalized and falling apart hate groups. Right. The, the KKK in the 1980s had almost nothing of the power that it had in the 1920s and the 1950s. Right. And you get that from Morris own autobiography. He talks about these weak organizations that appeal to only you know the most marginalized people who are looking for meaning. And, you know, it's this very bizarre situation where you have Morris Dees talking about the KKK. One side of his mouth, he's like, this is an organization that kills people, that threatens things. It's horrible. We have to destroy them. I'm terrified. I've gotten death threats. And the other side of his mouth is, oh, these are nobody. And when I take them to court, they they fall apart immediately. And it's not a difficult thing to beat them. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable that they still exist in America today. Right. It's like, which is it? Yeah, well, exactly. Built up this paper tiger and he's raking in the cash by saying, look, I'm going to these horrible, dangerous groups. And, you know, I'm, he, he was playing it up. You know, he, he tells a story, he weaves these narratives of fighting grand dragons, mm-hmm. and the grand dragons are nothing more than paper tigers. Right. And right. all the SPLC lawyers knew it, and they came out and said, look, it's not that we like the KKK, we just, we find this to be distracting. Yeah. And he's wasting the opportunity that the Southern Poverty Law Center presented to actually help people right and using it to go after groups that are already marginalized and then he goes and expands it later on and that's where the real nefarious impact right and that was into the into the 90s and so on and then into the early 2000s where he began they began to talk about hate crimes and of course they started with the racially motivated hate crimes but then moved quickly into um, you know, anything that was socially conservative, the, you know, hate crimes, uh, which were basically hate speech in so many areas. And then then we uh, then we all Christian conservatives became 
attacked. So uh, we will pick it up after our break. Um, Tyler O'Neill, we're talking about the Southern Poverty Law Center, in case you're just tuning in, friends, and his book called Making Hate Pay, The Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. And uh, he's been a senior editor at uh, PJ Media and has written about this. Lots and lots of great research. And, of course, we at Mission America have suffered under this hate group label. We will continue with more exploration of this subject when we come back here on Mission America Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And many of you will know if you've listened to um, our program and also read my articles, go gone to our website and so on, um, that we uh, at Mission America have been labeled a hate group. Did you know that? Um, by the uh, a group called the Southern Poverty Law Center. And then people think, well, who cares? Um, what kind of power do they have? You know, that, that may be their opinion, but it's not true. Well, unfortunately, money uh, brings a lot of power with it. And uh, that is part of our part of the the problem. And then, of course, a lot of credibility with the left and the media. So our guest today is Tyler O'Neill, who's written a fantastic book with lots of details and a history, lots of history about uh, America, frankly, and the Democratic Party is in here as well. But it's called Making Hate Pay, the Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So, Tyler. So, okay. so let's let's uh, move on. We're talking about how. In the 90s and early 2000s, here comes the Southern Poverty Law Center sort of reinventing itself with hate crimes and so on. Give us a little snapshot of that period of time. Yeah, so they just continued to expand on the model. They, they've raised you know, millions by exaggerating hate, and they had to continue exaggerating it. So it just... It just kind of snowballed. And you see one of the worst situations actually with Majid Nawaz, who's a Muslim, you know, reformer fighting against radical Islamic terrorism. And last in twenty eighteen they had to pay a settlement because they went after him calling him an anti Muslim extremist. Wow. Uh, so it's really gone off the rails. And you have some groups like Alliance Defending Freedom on the list. And even ADF's ideological opponents, like a former ACLU president, has said, look, are you, this is absurd that they're called a hate group. Right. right. So the SDLC has gone off its rocker. Right. And the, and the issue with the um, Islamic situation, it's always struck me as really odd watching them move in that direction because they've been uh, – the, the um, SPLC has been historically tied – to like the Anti-Defamation League and anti-Semitism. So why they would uh, sort of get in bed with the the idea of protecting the Islamic um, narrative is kind of with all the terrorism and the anti-Semitism sort of embedded in so much of that. D- doesn't that strike you as strange? It's, it's very strange. And actually, uh, M. Zudi Jasser, who you know, is a hero of mine, he's one of these Muslims who's reforming Islam, uh, comes out and says that in the name of fighting hate, the SPLC has poisoned the atmosphere of discourse against the ideologies of jihad mm-hmm. to the point where partisan and identity politics have completely stifled free speech 
in respectable journalism. Yeah. And he endorsed my book as a must-read for those who care about the truth and refuse to treat minorities like our Muslim community with a pathological bigotry of low expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've had to back down. They had to, they had to settle with him because they went too far. They, had, they backed down off Ben Carson, of all people, they called um, Dr. Ben Carson uh, an extremist or racist. I mean, they labeled him as a, on their hate list, but they took him off, right? Yeah, and they they issued an apology to him. But mm-hmm. If you look really closely, it's it's less an apology and more a, oh, we're sorry we got caught on this. Yes. And then <laughs> here are some you know supposedly offensive statements from Ben Carson. To show that, oh, we really should have attacked him, you know. Right, like, right. Not, not. Right, right. And so they did that. And then, but then more recently, uh, internal scandal has, and resignations have plagued the SPLC. Tell us uh, about that. Yeah, so this is a huge story that the legacy media seems, you know, so determined not to report on. Right. Uh, the SPLC has been racked with accusations of racial discrimination and sexual harassment going back for decades. So, like, Morris Dees has been married at least five times. I believe it might be six now. He has had these very high-profile, you know, he slept with SPLC staffers, with women who were applying to work at the SPLC. And then there's this long list of former employees, you know, black former employees who came out saying, look, the SPLC is a plantation. We don't get... Um, you know, we'll work here for a decade and not get promoted. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of atmosphere right. that black people have seen at the SPLC. Right. And and, and then so then uh, Morris Dees resigned. Uh, Richard Cohen resigned. One of their major legal counsel resigned and a whole r- range of other folks. So um, but they they keep going. If you have a lot of money, you just keep you can keep going. Is that wouldn't that be a fair assessment? Yeah, well, it's it's money and automatic credibility. Uh, like right. I said, a lot of legacy media outlets don't ask questions. And it's been almost exactly a year since they fired Morsi's and announced an internal investigation. We still have no results from that investigation. And they named Michelle Obama's former chief of staff to lead the investigation. Right. So <laughs> maybe it's no surprise we don't have anything from right. the investigation yet. <laughs> So what, what's the result of, of hate labeling? I mean, I could talk all day about this, but what do you think that affects funding, it affects visibility, reputation, gaining a platform for advocating a viewpoint? We only have about a couple minutes, so. Yeah, no, and I'll, I'll try to be quick. It's very broad. So what you get when you're labeled a hate group, there are organizations who have lost Eventbrite. They've lost uh, Hyatt Hotels has cut them off. Amazon has a charity program called Amazon Smile that has cut people off. People have lost their credit card processors, their donation processors. And in a few cases, people have seen their websites be threatened to be demonetized and Mm -hmm. shut down by Google. So this is a very broad, very scary. I mean, we talk about polarization and demonization in America today. One of the foremost outfits that's pushing this is the Southern Poverty Law yeah. Center. And we had, and I, I, can, the, yeah. I can just uh, name Symantec. They named the Southern Poverty Law Center in uh, 
in uh, their filtering of our website uh, because uh, they, uh, they're they an antivirus uh, software. And uh, I went back and forth with them, and we're not the only one that they've uh, they've labeled. So anyway, thank you so much. I know we, we uh, there's little perhaps we can do except learn and be ready when the time comes to counter this. But thank you, Tyler O'Neill, for this wonderful book. And you find it on Amazon, Making Hate Pay, The Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I ask my uh, listeners to pray for you, Tyler, and what you're doing, because you've really taken on a bear here, and uh, but uh, but it needed to be done. So God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and friends, we need to become informed and not automatically believe, of course, as you know, what the mainstream media says. That's why we're the alternative media here, uh, because it's needed. Because, you know, if we're informed, there's really nothing much that we can't do with God's help. Because with God, with God, all things are still possible. I hope you have a very good day.